Welcome back to the Comeback Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Connor, and I'm delighted to be welcomed by my guest today from Belgium, currently living in Vietnam. It is Dr. Bram, who is a chiropractor. We're going to look more into his practice and see where this conversation goes. Dr. Bram, how are you? Hi, nice to meet you, Connor. Thanks. I'm well. Yeah, very good. You are from Belgium, and you are my second ever Belgian guest. Uh, Who's the first? He's called Milan. (laughs) Do you know Milan? No, no, still here. Okay. Yeah, he's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we didn't talk that much about Belgium in the conversation. It's just I'm fascinated usually where the guest is from and how that shapes their yeah. upbringing. Can you tell me a bit about Belgium? Dutch or French speaker? Um, <laughs> he didn't actually tell me. Right. To be honest with you, I'm going to assume Dutch, but I don't actually know. Yeah. I'll ask him after this interview. <laughs> yeah. There's a Belgium's a small place. Yeah. Uh, you've got cities, the main main city people, and for Brussels, where. Um, Let's say in Brussels, it's French-speaking, Antwerp's Dutch-speaking. Um, we are the same, really, but inside Belgium, there's, you know, of course, duality. And yeah, sure. The, the French-speakers and the Dutch-speakers never get along in Belgium, but when you get outside Belgium, especially to Asia, it's all the same. Are you Dutch or French? So I'm Dutch-speaker. You're Dutch-speaker, yeah. right, But then okay. my, my dad is from Holland. Ah, okay, yeah. I was actually born in the Netherlands, oh, so yeah. I have some kind of link, nice. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have the passport or anything, it's yeah. just literally it, but I have some kind of report. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guess. from a seaside town called Knokke, and it's close to Bruges, so cool. Bruges is quite famous. Quite famous, right yeah. yeah, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. And let's, I guess, fast forward, Vietnam. Why did you decide to come to Vietnam? It's uh, <laughs> a good question, huh? so uh, not specifically Vietnam, Vietnam just happened. But it had to be outside of Belgium because I had to, uh, to answer uh, questions uh, that uh, I knew wouldn't find the answer to in Belgium. I have to discover myself outside mm. of my, my cultural, uh, you know, rules. What are these questions, if I may ask you? Who am I? Who am I? That is a good one. And yeah. Yeah, why did you first start asking that question? Because a lot of people don't ever ask that. Yeah, they no, just it just instinctively came and uh, mm. too, I've always had an open mind and it's, it's always needed to stay open. It's how, how, I'm, how I'm hardwired. Yeah. Yeah. Would, so. Would you usually describe yourself as spiritual, religious? For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, in the, in the pursuit of uh, spirituality and uh, religion is just one aspect of it. Yeah, so, of course. Yeah, sure. Open mind to everything and, and let's hear what people have to say that, that grew up here. So yeah. let's go to... Asia and explore it from a completely different side of view, you know. But uh, I don't know what what's going to happen next. If I'm going to go back home or I'm going to stay here more, let's mm. see. Yeah. So what you mean? And from this, I guess, spiritual journey, or should we, if we call it that, was there any texts or resources or any books that really started you on this journey? Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Shack by Paulo Paulo Coelho. Right. Okay. Coelho. Yeah. Uh, that was a good book. That was about about God and Jesus, and sure. just in a spiritual way. Um, also, a few other books. Um, what have I read? I've actually not read that much, but it's just pursued. I've explored it a lot in my mind. Uh, Dale Carnegie's How to Influence People. Yeah, yeah, read it. Um, what else? Uh, I've read John DeMartini's Breakthrough Experience. Okay. Yeah. I have been listening to a bunch of stuff on podcasts from Alan Watts. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. familiar. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Peterson. Yes. Uh, what's his name again? Uh, I can't tell He is a former Navy SEAL. 
public, speak, public speaker. Wait, let me, I've got my phone here. Let me yeah, just sure. pull it up. Oh, really? I really strongly that. recommend on Spotify that people go and uh, listen to this stuff. And it's, uh, it's remixed by, uh, by an English DJ as well called, uh, goes by Akira the Dawn. Right, okay. Yeah. But it's, it's... Uh, Wait, sorry, you're not referring to Eckhart Tolle as the ex-Navy SEAL. That'd be David Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah, there Goggins. we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You said, I, I was like, Eckhart Tolle was? He doesn't seem the type, but then it suddenly it hit me. Goggins, yeah. Goggins, yeah, yeah. In most interviews, when I speak to people about like their influence, Goggins comes up. Yeah, he's like, great, man. Yeah. Because uh, this, uh, this uh, clout. Extraordinary story. Yeah. yeah, he's a cool guy. Although, sounds like. He sounds like it, yeah. Um, although I have two... I have two mindsets towards him. One, I think he says that I'm not a superhuman, I'm not anything special. And if you say that I am, for example, people go, oh, Goggins is just Goggins, he's a one-off. That's giving yourself an excuse. means that you don't have to do the hard yards that he did. But on one other hand, I think, surely we're all so different due to so many different conditionings, like our upbringings, our environment, our genetics, that can everyone be a Goggins? I'm not sure they can. Like, what would you think? Do you think everyone can be a Goggins? No, you don't think so. But it's the it's uh, let's say Gargans hasn't completely explored his true self, and he's on that journey, and he's come quite far. We can assume maybe, um, or it's just that this dominant personality trait in him it's so uh, it's so charismatic that we're all drawn to it, and we we build people up in uh, like Barack Obama. We think they're great people, but I'm sure I'm sure they're also not uh, fully. You know, I know there, you yeah, uh, yeah. and I think the end stage for everyone is to be is to be fully there. So, so we can all, you know, some of us are more like Goggins now than others, and we don't have to become like him. Yeah, we, we can but do it in a different way and achieve the same end result. But when we say fully there, like, what does that mean to be fully there? To be, <laughs> you're asking me the <laughs> the, the, the answer. Question, right? uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean? Um, uh, it's just uh, it's this. I have no idea, my friend. Right. Okay. No idea. Fair enough. Just to uh, to be to be balanced. Yeah. Yeah. To be balanced in your the way you think and to be. Uh, let's see. Let me try to answer this briefly. Um, to be outgoing when you need to be. To be to be reserved when you need to be. To know how to speak to anyone in any given situation. So to be totally um, changeable to other people, but always be yourself mm. so it's yeah, yeah pretty hard being flexible but also authentic yeah it's a tricky balance yeah. yeah have you heard of todd herman the alter ego effect no i haven't he, heard of it he basically you know describes the alter ego where often he, he he makes it sound like it's a childhood imaginary friend superhero type which mm. initially i thought was quite quite cheesy but then i realized that it could does make sense for example performers like he uses beyonce and freddie mercury's examples very very shy off stage so you think they, they're just kind of shy people. Uh -huh. But when it becomes time to perform, they turn into like Sasha Fierce or this David Bowie had loads of alter egos. They completely get into that zone. So that's almost what we're saying, you know, becoming flexible, but also your true self where, yeah, you are still perhaps shy and reserved, but introverted, but you can also put it on when the time, right? Yeah. The time comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To, to read the room. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Know your audience. Yeah. yeah, that's a big one. I was speaking to a lot of people involved in music and they always say, know your audience. Because, yeah. for example, if you're a jazz performer, know that that won't work in a nightclub. Yeah. For example, yeah. you know what I mean? Mixing yeah. it. Play the players, don't yeah. play the game. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. We were talking just briefly off air about personality types. Hmm. Can you tell me a bit more about this? Because I wasn't actually too familiar until you enlightened me. Well, so the exploration of, of, of personality is 
you know, 100 years of, of, of people devoting their careers to this and there's uh, there's science about it and uh, a lot of science so uh, in, in the previous medical models psychology wasn't too uh, you know wasn't too important biomedical model disease came from from um, structural things right. but so now we live in an age where there's tons of information also online you can you can look into to explore the psychology the psyche and uh, an easy way uh, that should be, probably be done early in life, in adolescence already, and through schools, I believe, is the Meyer-Briggs uh, type scoring of okay. personality. So it just, uh, it just grades people on the scale of, of being either extra or introverted uh, to have uh, how they analyze uh, their surroundings, whether it's uh, through um, the, the things objectively that they can perceive mm. through uh, the senses or whether people are more... Um, uh, how do we say free thinker yeah, and sure. and intuitive uh, like you would intuitively uh, talking to you I wouldn't need to do a background check right yeah sure to have an intuition about you know yeah, yeah. who's in front of me go with the so flow. I perceive my surroundings intuitively yeah. that way and then I will make a decision based on how I feel versus the other end of the scale is uh, more of a pragmatic thinking approach as in uh, if we were conducting this interview from step one to step two and three and four and I'm one type of person but if we're going with the flow like we're doing now it's another yeah. type no, yeah. that's actually very true I realized quite early on I used to try and do step by step I'd have ten points and I'd go through them all methodically and I realized it just wouldn't work with some people and that was completely fine I had to adapt where for example I go I'd want them to do the ten steps and they'd cover the first three in the first question I think where do I go now? And it really taught me to, you know, going back to what we just mentioned, know my audience, know who I'm speaking to, know what they yeah. want, know how they operate. Yeah. I think this, remind me, Meyer Briggs? Meyer Briggs. Meyer yeah. Briggs. Is that more to do with reading people or reading yourself or is it both? It's all about yourself. Right, yeah. okay. So it's, uh, it's an 88 uh, question survey that, that, that tells you with a 90% accuracy which which of the 16 personalities you befit most. Right. And then you can go explore that in all aspects of life yeah, into yeah. how you are as a parent, how you are as a friend, as in a relationship, in career, and what your dominant traits are and what your inferior traits are. So mm -hmm. there's four levels of traits. You've got something that you're best at uh, and uh, you've got something you're, wor you're worst at. And actually through the progression of life in adolescence, you explore this dominant trait then in your 20s to 30s you you amplify more on this auxiliary trait and you bring that in to the mix as you explore yourself 30s 40s 50s is uh about that tertiary mm. quality i'll go into this a little bit more later and then most people never get there but if you can fully embrace your the things you're weakest at uh, then you have you know you achieve your most rounded self uh, later in life so the yeah, aim for sure. me is to, to get to that final stage, yeah. uh, you know, as fast as possible. And that's uh, different for everyone. So as you do this test, you then know more about yourself and you will likely agree that you are great at these things or things coming from this approach. And if you had to, uh, for example, um, be timely and organized and structured, that's just not your thing. Yeah? So then yeah, yeah. you will, this is going to be very... Um, typical of that personality type so you don't have to hate yourself for the things you're weak at it's normal 
being aware of it helps you to ameliorate the situations yeah, yeah. and then hopefully bring it all together as fast as possible yeah pass it on to your kids what i'm thinking of here is something that i've been exploring in the concept of self-awareness and the shadow side that we all have mm. do you think it's important not to eliminate our weaknesses but just manage them if you know what i mean yeah 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 and not have for example try and make them with our strengths i can't think of a specific example to be honest with you for example maybe if i'm not the best not the best with a large group of people kind of do the best I can and try and compensate with, you know, building one-on-one -on -one relationships with people in that crowd rather than trying to command the whole room because it's not my strength. Do you think it's important to go down that avenue? It's a very good, interesting question because trying to do it, you will, uh, and whatever it is uh, that, that people are weak at, just exposing yourself to that weakness makes you... Uh, sets you on a path, on a road of also like feeling a disappointment with yourself so it's like full of full of risks and yeah sure and maybe if you did that early on in 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 life and you'd have bad experiences you'd be beating yourself up over it i think play into your strengths all the time especially in relationship to other people when you're doing things with someone else mm. then don't uh don't put a spotlight on your 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 weakness i would I would not do that. I would follow the strengths and ultimately as you mature and with experience through life, you will eventually get around to those things you're, you're weaker at and, and do them uh, with more positive energy. Right, yeah. okay. So don't seek, I wouldn't seek out the, the, the weakness. I would focus on what we're best at and sure. see where that leads. Yeah. yeah? And, and what, what I've read, from what I've read and understand about psychology is that it leads eventually to the destination you want to go. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah. And when we were just mentioning earlier about, say, your 20s, you'll explore an avenue, then your 30s, 40s, 50s, etc. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm asking you, I'm not sure if you actually know the answer, but why do you think, or from what you've read, what is the general consensus of why you'll do this in your 20s and this in your 30s? Why does it tend to go in that step, by step order? Ah, uh -huh, okay. Um, well, that's also a really good question. So we know that during adolescence we, have, we are in one frame of mind and we are answering one group of questions and then when you're in your 20s you uh, mature a little bit and things that were, you know, things change. Other things become important and then things change again when you're 30 and then they don't change that much between 40s and 50s I and mean, you've got things mostly figured out then. And why does... Uh, I think what you're asking is why do we explore different parts of ourselves? Yes, yes, depending through time. on it. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't know how that how the the mind works. I mean, uh, the, how the body works. It's driven by by hormones mostly. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Every physiolo physiological process in your body is driven by by hormones, and we know hormones affect the mood, but mood is not the same as personality okay because mood is fleeting so if you went to the gym you know six times a week full of testosterone it's fleeting you, know, you will revert back to another physiological state yeah, yeah? Sure. Um, but your they say personality is imprinted from birth and that through life this types of people progress along this route and it's all the same it's just a different way to to get there and I think in old age if we've lived uh, successfully, good lives, then in old age we are, we're all quite similar. Yeah. yeah, for sure. 
I'm trying to work out here whether the amount of control you have, for example, have you inherited a certain personality in it from birth or is it a product of your environment and mm. your conditioning? Like I'm trying to work yeah. out where it all comes from. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. And that's that's a really interesting uh, question because the uh, where that question comes from um, is so valid because we are really uh, influenced by our upbringing and our environment uh, massively. And so it's only logical to assume that if you grew up in a wealthy family or a poor family that your personality would be different. Yeah, sure. But uh, not necessarily. Yeah, yeah. You told me in our pre-interview yourself of the story of the alcoholic father and the two brothers. Yes. One and the other growing up completely differently. Yeah, so absolutely. I don't. I think it plays a minor influence on personality. Yeah. I think personality good. is by design. Somehow we don't know why. Yeah, very good. There's a, a lot of. Um, it's, it's the cliche phrase, but you know the. You can't deal with you can't control the cards you're dealt, but how you deal with them. If yeah. That makes, yeah. Does that phrase that you know I always go back to? Can I ask you with this? Um, remind me again of the name Myra. My Briggs. <laughs> Myra Briggs. My Briggs. <laughs> Noted. Have you done this for yourself? Because it sounds like yeah. You have, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you tell me a bit more about what you found, if you don't mind? Uh, so we were talking personally for, yeah, uh, for yeah. me, yeah? yeah okay, yeah, so, uh, yeah. okay, so um, it's, cl it's classified by a four-letter acronym. So I'm an ENFP, which is uh, an extroverted, intuitive uh, feeling and uh, perceptive personality type. It makes me, uh, how would I describe myself according to that personality? And it's quite accurate. But let me just give you how I would say, describe about myself. And then later people in, in listening to the podcast can take the test. If they turn out to be ENSP, maybe they can listen again to uh, what I'm about to say next. I haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yes. So I care very deeply about uh, the harmony in any relationship. And I'm very extroverted, so I need relationship. I need other people to recharge my energy. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, not so happy to be on my own. Yeah? Um, I'm, how would I say? I don't like confrontation, but I, I will if I think it's good for the greater good. Um, I also want need to feel like I'm making a difference in the society right I see. yeah if what I do is of benefit to no one uh, if I get rich by screwing people over I w could never uh, do it um, or I could never justify that to myself yeah, sure. yeah so I seek answers to bigger questions I find them interesting I uh, don't like to be having small talk Neither do, I, neither do I. Neither do I. Very bad at it. <laughs> I was chatting to some friends recently. That's my main, that's my main Achilles heel with this podcast. Where the small talk bit, you know, between segments, mm. where you have to like move it on and wrap it up. I'm so bad. So I just sometimes just completely move on because yeah. it's the small talk bit. Yeah. Even a funny story, funny-ish. I saw my old dinner lady outside a shop when I was 18 or so. And she was like, oh, "How are you?" So we did it for five minutes. Then she went, "Oh, you've turned into a lovely young man. Great to see." You. I went, "Yeah, thank you. So have you?" And I was like. <laughs> 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 
fucking beat myself up on the way home. It's like, yeah, I just do it. But yeah, I'm the same. Hate small talk. I'd rather yeah. just kind of get to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just dig right into the to the big questions and see uh, where it goes. Yeah, yeah, which is why the next question is, Doctor Bram, how did you become Doctor Bram? Uh, I'm, my dad's a chiropractor, right? And okay, okay. Uh, I uh, very much uh, look up to my upbringing and how to say. We don't have to go into it in detail, but um, I've I value what my dad could do, and that always kept me interested in chiropractic, even though I didn't decide until I was 18, till the real decision point whether I was going to stay in Belgium to do physiotherapy or something like that, yeah, sure, uh, or to go to the UK and study chiropractic, and I think what drove me. Uh, to choose the UK over Belgium was initially not that much uh, chiropractic because how to say can't say that it was because I didn't know it fully back you know I saw it I knew I was interested in it but so physio was kind of similar anyway going back to choosing the UK because it was outside of Belgium because it was some new experience and I like to observe and I like to take in as much information before I form an opinion. So I was like, okay, just expose me to more information, more of different culture. And, uh, and it was great. So I made the right choice. I felt very much, uh, very much at home in the UK. Uh, the study really suited me. It was, it was medical, it was scientific underpinning. It was very uh, much focused on bringing us to the same level as medical doctors. We had all the anatomy, all the neurology, all the pediatrics, all the diagnostic skills. But then there was that creative part of the chiropractic adjustment, the using your hands to make a difference. So for the same reason that I think uh, surgeons must be creative, because it's a skill. Now we're talking about something, applying yourself the way you do artistically. So whether you are a... And it's in any job, I think, where we're talking about chiropractors, other medical doctors, talking about the, uh, let's say, the, the real um, performing arts, uh, artists, musicians, uh, or people, how to say, creativity is passion. So, so even if you're a mathematician, I think it requires uh, creativity. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I'm drawn to my trade, my ply, because uh, it's very... Um, how was the English word? I'm using my hands. It's real. Yeah, I, um, I can't think of the word, to be yeah. honest with you. But I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I can sense it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm attuned to this energies of people because I'm open in, in my mind and then I'm touching people and feeling what feels tight, sore, and I try to alleviate some of that by my manual skills. So whether I'm working on the muscles or I'm, I'm sensing a fixated joint, a joint that's stuck and I, and I give it a, a manipulation. Sure. And it releases and it cracks and, and people feel good from this and they get relief from um, whatever their symptoms are. So w throughout the education, uh, we learn about all these uh, conditions, things that, um, let's just say scoliosis, for example. Yeah? So a real... Thing that you can see in, in, in teenage kids when they go to school is they're not standing straight. So we've got we've got the structure of the spine that's not straight. It's a serious thing that doctors do surgeries for. So we're training how to help these people 
by not, surgi not surgical ways. Yeah? And then on the other hand, we're also uh, just learning about generally about the body and then uh, that, let's say that applies most for when we have office worker people with just sore, sore necks and, and backs from sitting too much. So not a true medical condition. However, all of that knowledge of anatomy and all of that knowledge about uh, fun functional performance of the body, like we're designed to walk and move, not to sit. Mm. So we're, we're taught how to help people to get an exercise routine that makes sense, that breaking bad habits, all the psychology of that training uh, helps me to treat a wide variety of, uh, of complaints. Yeah, for it's sure. Very hard to pinpoint one thing that chiropractors do. Mm. So we're actually positioned as experts of human function yeah from a non-medical perspective but we don't want to be outside the boat yeah, yeah yeah so the hard part is finding ourselves in our community by having good relations with medical doctors and other like personal trainers nutritionalists orthopedists um, yeah yeah ortho no not orthopedists no. Yeah. Diatrists. Okay, I know yeah. what you mean yeah, yeah feet yeah. stuff yeah, so yeah yeah I don't actually know the phrase either yeah, yeah but as, I, as I'm kind of listening to you there, I'm thinking, do you treat it from a holistic point of view? Because obviously you're thinking of, you know, yeah. the physiology, the posture, you look at it from a holistic standpoint, not just, you know, certain Absolutely. muscle pains. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I love talking about this and I'll get really carried away. So I'll try to yeah. summarize this in a maybe three minute, okay, let's cool. try and time this three minute nice. uh, cool. overview. Um, the model of healthcare is, is developed through the last half a century. And we've gone from seeing disease as a dysfunction of an organ or like a, 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 a lesion that you could see and quantify on an image scan, or you could cut someone open and have a look and say disease is caused by something is wrong, to a model of biopsychosocial. So we're now thinking of in terms of how the mind comes into um, into health and wellness. So we know now that to be healthy, you need to not look just after your, you know, to not have disease, but also to be well mm. uh, in your mind, to practice yoga, healthy eating. So that whole wellness movement that was early 2000s, right? And then as the field continues to grow and parts of medicine uh, advanced, now it's all about anti-aging. Yeah? And anti-aging from a perspective of how can we prevent diabetes? How can we prolong life? So we have to look at hormonal, nutritional. We have to look at, we have to bring everything together. That's what I'm trying to say. We have to bring chiropractic in with, with medications. When medications are necessary, we have to bring uh, our, our alimentation, what we eat and supplements into it so that our gut functions well. So the, the, the presiding paradigm of health is a triangle of at the top emotional well-being on one arm one corner the physical structural health of someone and on the other corner we've got the internal function hormone balance in the body and it each of these three affect to another in a positive or a negative way so your health is a spiral that can go down or up depending on what where in these in this triangle you implement change so if you're an overthinker if you have some bad coping strategies with thoughts and you make positive change in your approach mental approach you can improve the function of your whole internal well-being your hormones will change your hormone balance will change you will just have a lot more serotonin dopamine and that will reduce your pain levels 
it will encourage you to move more, you get more active, you get more active, again you, you influence the other two arms of the uh, triangle. So it doesn't matter where your level of health is at now, you can come into it from one of three ways and make a positive change. And if you are someone who is stuck in a negative spiral, you'll have to change some of those bad habits to good ones. And I would encourage anyone that listens to, f to ask themselves where they're at, how they would like to make a small difference, like one step up on the stairs, and whether that's changing your diet or starting an exercise routine, and then putting someone in charge of you that you think is an authority, that you, that you and your decision, you have to be sure that you will follow whatever this person has to say, and you, you, you pay them to govern you and police you and make sure you're doing the right things. And you're not just doing this on one level, you're, you're letting it grow naturally and you spend investment of time and money on, your, on this triangle, yeah? which is your reality, which is the, the body you live in and must live in for, let's hope, until you're 90, yeah, maybe. Sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's being held accountable as well. But if you have that figure that can literally police you, you, mm. you don't want to let them down. It's much different from you know doing it by yourself because if it's just you, you can easily go, not today, or I'll just eat pizza today. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have that, it keeps you disciplined. Can I ask you, I looked briefly at your page and it said, don't worry, uh, that one, the first one uh, is that you will have an initial consultation and the second appointment you will you know, work out exactly what needs doing. What should someone expect if they were to go to you for a first and second appointment? Uh, so I like asking people, this is the very first question I like asking is, do you want to ask me questions or shall I ask you questions? Some people come in to see me with a very uh, open mind. They want to they wanna know what I have to say. Other people come in to confirm something or they have a suspicion, they have some previous beliefs. So you, uh, as, the, as the customer, you decide what it is you want to come to me and talk about. Um, I would say it would be nice if it's about the spine. <laughs> right. Okay. I can talk a lot about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we can talk about most things. So although I don't want to profile myself as a, a sort of a, a counselor or a coach or anything, I want to keep it about function, pain, stiffness, uh, posture-related health problems, concerns about loved ones, posturally. If you see someone that's suffering, pain, pain's a pain's a broad field, and and that was the question, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So yeah. come talk to me about your pain. Right, cool. Yeah. Yeah. And let's explore that and let's see where it comes from. What are you doing that makes it worse? Stop doing that. Mm. And let's get you on a track to, to health in a way that makes sense to you yeah, and to sure. me. And because I do it by myself, I don't have to follow anyone else's rules. So if you go out to a chain, all my colleagues are wonderful doctors. Yeah? But in a chain or in a system, you have to follow a system. Yeah, and yeah. You get what the system provides. When you go privately, you have leeway and we can make it about whatever it is that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But as I said, you will get a different vibe from every different person and you can learn something from every different specialist. So by no means am I the go-to person, but I will give you a second opinion that is truthful I cannot lie. You will hear it in my voice. You'll just yeah, sure. and maybe I maybe I will uh, fail some people, and, and that's okay. Yeah? Mm. So 
I always do try to tell people what they should do in case chiropractic isn't for them or in case I'm not offering what they need. Right, so I see, yeah. I'll never try to put myself as a, in, a, in a dominant position in this relationship. doesn't work that way. You have to see me as the authority and if you do, uh, we can... Yeah. yeah. It's your choice, not yeah. mine. And I was actually almost answering my next question. I basically did, which was, how do you deal with the risk? The reason I asked was I saw the meme of Sylvester Stallone getting the guy in the headlock saying, don't worry, I'm a chiropractor. And I was just wondering that what if there's someone skeptical, like, you know, and wondering what things, I'm sure they can go wrong, you know, with yeah. the body. Like, how do you deal with that risk? But you've almost kind of touched upon it there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a really good question. The, the, the risk of, uh, of treatment is um, always there. So whether you, in any ply, if you take on a case as a lawyer or you counsel someone and you say the wrong things, you have risk. If you perform a surgery and do it wrong, there's risk. If you do an adjustment and you do it wrong, there's a risk. Now, fortunately, the risk of serious adverse effects of a chiropractic adjustment is very small. You're more likely to die from an epidural. Right. Okay. Uh, than you are from uh, having an adverse reaction to an adjustment. So there is one study done in Canada to answer this most serious question, what if you adjust someone's neck and they die? Yeah? Yeah. So then they looked at all these cases that went to a hospital with a stroke, with a, with a ruptured aneurysm in the brain, people, some of them who had lived, some of them who just, but still suffered a stroke, and then they compared from people who had been seeing a chiropractor to people who had been with their medical doctor, and the ratios was the same. So it doesn't lead to these serious things more than turning your head in traffic does. Right. Yeah. If you're going to have a stroke, you will have a stroke regardless of you went to the chiropractor or not. But when you went to the chiropractor, people are just, you know, there's this, I don't know where it stems from, but it's like this chiropractor's fault, fault yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, apparently I mean. not. Apparently, then this was a big study, apparently you can turn your head in traffic and have the same risk of getting a stroke. Right, so, I see. Yeah. We, we lean on that one, it was done properly, uh, and uh, we, can, we can like say that, right, the most serious side effect of, uh, the most common side effect of uh, seeing a chiropractor is, is being a bit sore after the adjustment. Right, I see. And that might be because you have just been very tight or because maybe the adjustment was a little bit rough or, you know, multitude of factors, but yeah. nothing, nothing serious. And we are coming towards the end of the conversation, mm. uh, Dr. Brown. Can I ask you then, just as a, almost like a final summary, if there's someone who is unaware of chiropractic, how do you say it? Chiropractic. Chiropractic, yeah. unaware or kind of skeptical or isn't too sure about the practice or is maybe thinking of trying it but perhaps hesitant, what would you say briefly as a summary of why you should consider it or go for a consultation? What would you say? Um, well, someone's considering should I go to a chiropractor? That's already good. It's already good that they are pre-contemplating making a, a change to, to some a lifestyle habit. Yeah? They're already curious for something. Definitely better than someone who doesn't ask themselves that question and just accepts pain as part of life and, you know, and then gets really uh, in a bad way in their 50s and 60s and actually shortens the lifespan if you live with pain and uh, the effects of 
daily loads on the spine and the ways your bones change under pressure and degeneration it's called so uh, if you're saying why see someone um, I would say see see anyone see anyone you want and if you're then asking me why see a chiropractor specifically well because most of the time if the chiropractor has a proper training takes their job passionately they can explain and make you feel something about you you didn't know because when you have fixations in the spine that don't move if it doesn't move there's no signal to the brain that says it's movement if the finger goes numb then we don't know the finger is there yeah so a chiropractor will hopefully make sense of it and then you confirm the words with what you feel is being done on you and maybe not in one time maybe it takes twice before you start to feel something and maybe it takes ten times and it really I would say try no less than three months of getting adjusted on a weekly basis to do yourself a favor of maybe you didn't learn anything new maybe you're that attuned to your body that you had uh, that you can then be be happy that you you know that it didn't make much of a difference that you felt good anyway yeah, but 99.99% sure. of the time you will experience something positive you'll be more aware of your posture you'll have perhaps less pain and stiffness uh, and you'll be able to help the people around you because you'll be aware of when you see someone slouch kids with heavy school bags old people who are abusing their body still um, so if you want to be someone like that go see a chiropractor and final question, what would you like to achieve going forward in the next few weeks? What's next for you? I have many, many plans. <laughs> Can you elaborate on any or are they under wraps for now? No, it's okay. Like I'm, uh, we're, we're getting really into this now. We're really setting this up. Uh, we're, we're setting up a teaching facility in my D2 clinic for anyone who wants to come learn uh, about how to... Uh, how to make a positive change in health. So I've got a, a, a um, uh, philosophy class planned. I've got a rehab class planned for physical trainers, uh, personal trainers, physical therapists, medical doctors that want to learn. I've got uh, manual skills uh, for, for therapists, massage therapists, three, three main uh, courses set out. These are going to get out there in the next, hopefully uh, this, uh, next three months mm. yeah um, on the other hand and this is why I've decided to come meet you is I want to have more of a presence on uh, digital media sure. I don't advertise about myself actually I don't like talking about myself I like the word of mouth yeah, yeah reputation yeah. but uh, our common friend recommended that you should, should have a chat yeah, yeah. so here we are yeah. so so that's that's one thing get my name out there more uh, teach because I'll learn whilst I teach and it's just gonna elevate me um, and uh, just be busy it's, nice. it's just been uh, the last year has been absolutely <laughs> tough <laughs> yeah how's the okay this is like the comeback year I don't want to plug my yeah, brand or this is the year of the yeah. comeback I'm glad that you're doing so Dr. Bram yeah. uh, I have a lot more questions but maybe at a later date if you want to push your brand yeah. a bit more we can do that but for now thank you very much all right and all the very best with your future projects cool thank you